It's time now for The Road with our special guest speaker, Victor Marks. The key to not being uncomfortable around demonic activity is just know where your strength comes from. It's that simple. It ain't in youth. We're not smarter than them. We don't have the experience that they have. They were in heaven with God before we were born, right? But they're not the smartest things in the area of wisdom or truth because they were lied to by their father, Satan, and then they fell. Another thing they don't have, the Holy Spirit. Welcome to another edition of The Road. We are so glad that you have joined us for this special message today. It's our vision to make wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ and to see you grow in the grace and knowledge of His love. If you're in the area, we welcome you to come out and join us for our Saturday night service beginning at 6 p.m. We meet at Chapel Hills Church located at 2025 Parliament Drive, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80920. Today on the road, we will be continuing our series on spiritual warfare. Our guest speaker will be Victor Marks. Victor will be sharing about the spiritual battle we face every day. He will be sharing testimonies from his own life, and you will hear and be encouraged that there is victory in Jesus. Here now with today's message is Victor Marks. Now some of you are probably going to get a little offended by some of the things I say, and it's all right. We don't have to agree on everything, do we? And we can still be friends? All right, just want to say, your theology may line up a little bit different, and that's great, but I just, I mean, I just want to set everybody at ease. What I'm going to share tonight of Scripture based with experience, you know what, praise the Lord, it's what I've seen, what I've kind of gone through, and I, and I hope it encourages some of you. How many of you would say, by and large, Christians you know, I mean, in general, in your circle of influence, how many of you have seen a lot of Christians fall pretty hard? Raise your hand. Wow. Right? We're just talking the truth, okay? We're just talking the truth. You know, people who get real religious, they don't want to address that fact. They want to kind of cover it and make everything look good. But I'll tell you, I've known some amazing Christians who walk with the Lord, love the Lord. I mean, you just go, whoa, and then all of a sudden, bam, something happens and we all kind of go, what was that, right? Some of them come back to their senses, some don't. Some stay out for a while, and it's, it's, uh, it, it's pretty sad. So I've seen it, I've been around it, been in ministry. You know, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't get into ministry till I was about 40. And, uh, but I, I saw things and see things, and I just kind of call it what it is. And my wife and I, by no choosing of our own, I guarantee you, have encountered non-believers and believers who have an element of a spiritual assignment or attachment to them. And then it's been so pronounced, there's no way to get around it. Does that make sense? Demonic warfare is usually battled in the mental subtleties and deception that more often than not focus upon growing Christians and even older Christians. 
in ministry that are being effective and fruitful. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 and 16, of course, talks about the fiery darts. These paralyze our mental ascensions. And then how can Christians yield or give demons avenues for control in our lives? Oh, I'm supposed to say this. Do I think a Christian can be possessed? Boom. No, I don't. Okay, I just want to. Y'all so serious. It's like, calm down. I tell you what, man, I can talk about anything else. When I start talking about demonic stuff, people are like this. It's like, don't mention his name. Don't say Satan. He might hear us. He already has. But. So even though we're going to talk about demonic warfare tonight as it's uh, related to Christians and whatnot, uh, our focus should always be on Jesus, right? The truth of the word, the, the power of God's word, his spirit, that's what we focus on. But oftentimes I think, you know, we, you know Christians don't want to talk ever about them. And who was it? C.S. Lewis or Spurgeon or... Captain Kangaroo, one of those theologians that talked about the extremes of demonology is either you talk a lot about them or not at all about them instead of just a healthy balance of, well, hey, could this be a possibility? Again, the majority of demonic warfare is attached to the mind. It is a battle of the mind. How many would agree with that? Raise your hand. Right. Okay, so we're going to kind of address that. Have I seen in non-believers crazy manifestations of demonization or whatever you want to call it yep sure have my first one i was new in ministry and uh it was a kid actually did you know kids can be have demonic assignments kids something like yeah absolutely Okay, a little easier on the, um, but you know, I was a junior high pastor and, and, and we ended up going into a, a camp, it was my first time, and there was a kid on the way up there in the bus, the camp bus, he, you know, he takes his skateboard and smacks another kid in the face, bink. So I have to come back there, you know, what are you doing? Quit crying, shut wait, quit hitting people. You know, I was just out the Marine Corps, so not a lot of love and hugs and, you know, Hello Kitty Band-Aids. I was like, you got hit. You ain't dead. Move to another seat. You better cut that craziness out. You want to see how it feels? And so we get up there, and I don't know what I was doing. And then he ends up, uh, I mean, within moments, he attacked another kid with a rock. This time cracked the kid's head. I mean, bleeding and all that. It was a bad deal. I was on the other side of the camp, and the counselors end up trying to grab this kid for his assault on another one, and he started chunking him off, uh, which is not normal for a seventh grader. And uh, they end up chasing him around. It was a big hoodoo thing, and, and I'm on the other side of the camp. Finally, they corner him in a room. He runs to a room, and they can't get home. They actually have to take, I think it was a mop handle, and put it in his throat and pin him to a corner. That's pretty savage, right? And uh, when he calmed down, you know, the guy, they're all, you know, they, he said, a voice came out of him that said, uh, I want Victor. 
And that's what they came and found me and said, hey, you know the <laughs> kid thing? Oh, what, what's going on? They're like, uh, yeah, he said he won't Victor. I was like, what that got to do with me? There's some other victors on this camp, I'll tell you right now. It's a common name, common. Did they give a last name? No? They're like, you're up. And uh, hey, I'm as good as chicken as anybody, all right? Uh, and when I say chicken, I mean like, you know, try to grab a chicken, they run around, they don't, you know. Uh, but I'm not a coward, does that make sense? That, that's a big difference. But I went over there and I did not know what I was doing. One thing led to another. We had to, uh, we had to call in somebody who was older Christian who dealt with it. And, and uh, I'll just tell you what, the things that that kid said were so far beyond his own mind and reasoning that it made me want to speak in tongues, quite honestly. I was like, oh, I need power, I need whatever, you know, Lord, holy water. And it, I really didn't know what to do. It took him a couple of days to get delivered, but he did. And you know the main reason? He didn't want to. He said, no, they came to me one night. They're my friends. They make me strong. And I said, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. But don't they make you do bad things? I said, didn't you like stab a kid in the face with a pencil? Or say, no, I was a teacher. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said, well, I heard the voice. So I did it. I said, well, they kind of get you in trouble too, don't they? <laughs> it took a couple of days for him to finally realize the truth. The battle was in the mind. Does that make sense? Uh, he got delivered. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> you know, we were all in a room and we had people praying and fasting because I figured it was one of those kind of come out with prayer and fasting. And we have him in a corner and I'm in the chair facing him and then everybody's behind me and, and it's almost midnight. We're just praying up a storm and I don't even know what to do. I'm just faking it, right? Saying Jesus a lot. And because uh, demons, they don't like that name. And then all of a sudden, all the lights went off. Poof. And the only thought that came to my mind, this kid sitting right in front of me, I thought his jaws would unhinge and his mouth open. I thought he was going to grab me on my head and just. <laughs> it was so graphic, I actually started laughing. I thought, that's funny. And all of a sudden, lights came on again because everybody was kind of freaked out. And uh, it was a motion sensor. And we were all so still, the lights went off. I think it was from me shaking, they came back on. I'm like, yeah. Just, I'm, I got the Holy Spirit. And um, so I, that kid got delivered. I walked outside, I'll never forget. Late, it was up on a mountain. And uh, I could see the stars clear. And I just went, Lord, I'm sure glad I'm on your side. You've won. This battle will be done, but you're the winner. And uh, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. So I think... Christians get way too nervous when we start talking about demonology and weirdness. When people get scared. Would y'all be honest with me about that? Anybody? Would you be honest? Okay. <laughs> One man. Thank you. And you're 11. I, oh, whatever. <laughs> the Bible says God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And the key to not being uncomfortable around demonic activity is just know where your strength comes from. That's simple. It ain't in you. We're not smarter than them. We don't have the experience that they have. Uh, they were in heaven with God before we were born. 
right? But they're not the smartest things in the area of wisdom or truth because they were lied to by their father, Satan, and then he fell. Another thing they don't have, the Holy Spirit. So you got to realize your position and authority in Christ, the power that you have, every demon in hell can come marching out right to your doorstep, start picketing, and ain't nothing they can do. You have the authority and the power. I will say this, though. I believe that as a Christian, to the extent you're willing to yield yourself to demonic activity, is the extent that they'll just kind of say, thanks, I got it. What do I mean by that? Demonic spirits are demons, I believe, are assigned to people, right? They study, they stalk you, they know your habits, your weaknesses, right? Pretty good psychops group, right? They're ultimately until they're like, oh, okay. How many like screw tape letters, right? We read it, right? And I mean, it's like, oh, this is so good. But how many of us really believe it in real life? It, this is how it is. It really is. They study, they stalk. When I say to the extent you're willing to yield yourself, that's pretty much the extent that they will influence you to the point of doing weird and crazy things. All right? Now, I'm going to share a couple of experiences like I just did because if you didn't hear Pastor Steve's message last Saturday, get it, download it. And as a matter of fact, the notes are unbelievable. You followed them just like I gave you. And I'm, I'm proud of you. This is, this is pretty good. Uh, normally they just email me back and say, no thanks, Rick. No, your notes are so incredible. I'm like texting them almost at midnight going, I don't think I should teach at all. I mean, this, let's just review what you taught last week. Really, it's really solid. It's that solid. So... <laughs> So with demonic activities, I think the way they get influenced is if you give them a foothold. Our first scripture is going to be Ephesians chapter 4. If you have a Bible, turn to it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. It's pretty important we look at it. Therefore, each of you must put off just falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we're all members of one body. Now get this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no more. I mean, he goes on, right? The first thing that I like to bring attention to, he says, in your anger, do not sin. I think it's a sin for some Christians not to get angry. Not to have some type, not to get chapped about some evil things that are going on in this world. The church has so tried very hard to make, I'll just talk to the men, you know, good men. Make our, just be good. It's behavior modification for goodness rather than convenience for, you know, each other versus someone who's just all in the way God made them to be, however that looks. You can be quiet and tenacious or you can be loud and go get her. You can, does that make sense? It's like one of the, I think one of the enemy's tactics has been, well, let's just make you good. Try to just be good, and then, then you're going up, you know, on the scale of godliness. Just be good. Well, here's the truth. We're not good. None of us. 
I don't know about y'all, I've been walking with the Lord to, to minus the two and you can subtract it. That was the one time I was, I was kind of like, I don't want, but if you divide it out, I think it's somewhere around 28, 29 years. Now here's the deal. I thought it'd be a lot further along than I am now, quite honestly. And I'm in ministry, can I be that blunt? I'm like, whoa, so I talked to an older Christian who had to be pretty old, because I'm getting great. I was like, when does this sense of, oh, happen? I'm waiting. I mean, I'm waiting where, you know, sin, you know, psh, 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 shut up, demons, pack. You know, honey, your godly man is here. You know, I mean, I thought I'd memorize most of the New Testament. I thought I would be teaching my kids in Hebrew. None of it. I mean, I'm just like, as a matter of fact, I kind of see my sins more now, clearer than I did when I first began. And, which boggles my mind, but the point is, look, stop trying to be good. You're holy because he is holy, okay? You're saved because he died on the cross, okay? You're godly because he's God, and he's saying, here. You're righteous because of Jesus' death on the cross. That's it. That's it. You're powerful and have strength because of him. And you can face any demonic onslaught, whether it's yourself or helping somebody else out, because you stand in his authority and his power, period. Does that kind of settle it? Now, I want to have fruit. You know, I want to have self-control and all that, and that's supernatural, and I really, that I like. But I stopped trying to be good. And this scripture says, hey, in your anger, don't sin. You know, Pastor Steve talked about Iraq. The deadlines, what's happening. I've been there twice this year, and I'm going back. Christians shouldn't run from calamity. We should run to it to bring order and, you know, out of the chaos. We shouldn't be afraid to go in the deepest, darkest places of darkness as we're called and God directs us. We should go or, or help somebody go or pray for them while they're there. Does that make sense? Uh, and I can tell you right now, there's two families. If God puts it on your heart, y'all talk to me or afterwards. There's two families right now living in northern Iraq. I mean, when I was at their house, and you know what they've done? They've started refugee camps for the Yazidis and Muslims that have uh, had to flee their towns because of ISIL or DICE or ISIS, right? They're living up there. They have little kids, and they don't blend in. They are white as snow. And I, I look at the mom, I'm like, you're pretty white. Pretty, that's a pretty tan area of the world. I know where we are right now. We're standing up on top of their building, on the roof, and uh, there is no Christians. And I said, how do you do that with kids? Your little, little toe heads. And she goes, well, yeah, really, it's, it can be tough sometimes. She goes, I can't really go shopping, and I can't push my kid around the neighborhood. <laughs> she goes, no, we just kind of stay in. We have big walls. And then when we travel, we kind of go there. And then, praise the Lord, he's always with us. I'm like, you guys, I love it. They're reaching people, loving on them for the Lord. They're so far north that from their rooftop, if you could throw a rock over a little mountain, a valley, 
you'd hit Iran. And then Turkey on that side. I was like, you guys, y'all are in it. Sure. So if you have a heart for those, there's two families, you just, you let me know. And, I, and I'll give you more information how you can pray and support them. They're just doing the deal. We're going back to visit them. But you guys, here's what I want to say. I think as Christians, we get angry, but then we sin. And then we feel condemned or we're in sin. And our conscience is seared and we don't have the power or walk in that power that God has for us. I'm not talking about perfection at all. I'm just talking about the right direction. You know, do you think personally yourself that there's been an increase of demonic activity uh, in the last 10 years? Five years? A year? Okay. I think it's upon us. I think we're really, really in it. And you know what? It's exciting if you look at it from God's perspective. If you look at it from yours, you're gonna get nervous, you're gonna worry about your money, you're worry about your, you know, supplies, to have enough ammo, what if the zombies come too? It's all weirding you out. If I lose cable over this, I'm gonna, you know, it's like, okay, we kinda gotta get beyond that, right? You singles, I need to get married first, Jesus don't let me. I need a man first, come on Lord. Hang on, stay back the rapture, because some of you teen boys, I just want my license. I just want to drive. I just want to drive. God, don't, have, don't slow everything down, would you? And never in a time in history has it been more exciting for Christians to engage and be a light in wherever you are and however God has you. I serve in the United States Marine Corps, right? Uh, and I knew I smelled one of you. And here's the deal. In the Korean War, some of my Marines were pretty surrounded. And uh, there's a famous General Chester Puller. He's in there, and one of his lieutenants, I think, run up to him and said, Chester, we're completely surrounded. There is no way out. And he's starting to panic. And uh, this calm, seasoned veteran, Chester Puller looks at him and says, well, son, that makes our job easy. It means we can shoot in any direction and hit them. <laughs> what a mindset, right? And that's how you need to think of things right now in this world. Darkness from here, darkness from there. People, it's crazy. Yeah, that means your little light's gonna be shining actually brighter as things get darker. And wherever you go, whoop, there we have it. Does that make sense? So here's what I want to encourage you. It's one, quit worrying, quit loving your life so much. Do you know, and I'm gonna just get real raw right now, if you're not afraid to die, you're gonna solve a lot of problems. If you personally are like, my time, that's in his hands. God wants me, if he wants me home, however that happens, I'm fine with that. I'm just gonna live for him completely bold, full throttle, I don't care. I just don't care. If you do that, that's gonna solve a lot of your problems. Because just managing your own fear and anxiety, what a pain in the neck. And you know what it's like? And same way with the demonic. If you're just like, hey, whatever, I got power and authority over them. I'm gonna learn how to identify them. I'm gonna learn how to route them. I'm gonna learn how to capture every thought. I'm gonna learn how to quench those fiery darts as the shield of faith. I'm gonna learn how to do this and then do it, whatever. Your, your level of fear and anxiety is gonna come way down. Hmm? It's like my wife. She said, uh, 
I, we, I was doing something. Somebody was pretty panicky about demons, and they were like, yeah, but the person has a demon. I mean, we really, they, I was like, okay. And my wife, my wife, I love her. She's so, mm. when she speaks, it's like, kink. And she goes, hey, it's just a demon. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what she said. <laughs> Not a big deal. <laughs> and then as far as living or dying, you know, I mean, I'm deploying back out overseas. We're doing stuff. We're engaged. I mean, I, got, I get almost daily reports from the front lines. I was just fighting, and a guy sending me pictures, and, hey, pray, man, we're here standing in the gap, and everything, and people are like, man, you, you shouldn't go over there. You shouldn't. I'm like, well, God, he's calling me to. And you know our line in the lamb initiative that we talked about, the little, little lines of lambs? That's our greatest way we can impact kids who've been affected by ISIS and refugees. Little lion, little lamb stuffed animals, custom made with audio devices. You squeeze a little paw, soothing music starts to play. And then scriptures start to come out. And then little prayers so that they can hold these in their tents and bring an assemblance of peace and calm and truth. That's the best way we're reaching kids over there. And we're like, Lord, that's a good idea. So we got to raise money. So in 45 days, we let people know, and many of you responded. We, I think we raised like $150,000 to get these little critters. And so they're going to be made, and, and it's all in their own language. Does that make sense? We're already getting calls from different parts in the Middle East for different languages. Can we use those too? It's one of the best. To, but the deal is, is the delivery process. I've had people go, well, we want to go. We want to give those to the kids. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you need to make sure you're willing to die. Because if you get shot, caught, captured, part of an explosion, you need to lay there bleeding out going, Lord, I know I was in your will. And, uh, and not have a regret. That's counting the cost to lay down your life for the sake of the gospel. Does that make sense? So I think, in my opinion, what we have to do, and I'm, I've gone around in the bush, but we're about to get right to the nitty gritty. So many Christians aren't able to do everything that God has truly called them to do because there are strongholds or attachments or footholds, however you want to say it, against them by demonic forces. And if you dealt with that, you'd sure be able to, to run a little bit faster. Think a little clearer and be free from some bondages and addictions and craziness. And probably enjoy life a little bit more. Being free from strongholds, it's not the golden silver bullet. You know with me? It's just one aspect of your life as a Christian. You can't pray for freedom from demonic activity and then go, I'm not going to read the word. I don't need to. I'm free from demonic activity. No, your flesh is going to spring up and, and be worse than any demon, right? You got to live with that thing every day, 24-7. That's how your flesh is. It does like that. I know. <laughs> you got to fight this world. And if you're not in God's word, if you're not doing the basics of prayer and study and walking with the Lord, I'm not talking about perfection, but just the basics. You wouldn't believe how many of us Christians don't even read the word daily and then call 
pastors and leaders and, and accountability partners that go, oh my God, I'm just struggling. Oh, I'm just struggling. I got a friend that when somebody comes and wants counseling, he goes, all right, great. When's the last time you read the word? Oh, yeah, it was Easter. And he says this, I'm gonna counsel you, I don't do anything. I'll pray for you, but then you're gonna, you go and read the word every day for two weeks. Every day, just start reading the word. And then call me or email me and let me know how you're doing. Wow, what a change. Most of the time people are like, whoa, pretty crazy, right? So the basics are non-negotiable for freedom and walking in the Lord. And that's what we're talking about, freedom. So demonic activity. <laughs> how many of you have ever felt oppressed by evil? Raise your hand. Okay, so all right. I make people raise their hand so that you're, you know, it's not like you're all alone. You go, oh, wow, all of y'all too? Wow, okay. I knew you, but I mean, it's like, <laughs> I didn't think you. So uh, it's in the Bible. Pastor Stephen's been teaching on it. We know it. I'm just going to tell you a couple of things from a practical experience uh, that matters. How many like martial arts? How many like martial movies? How many are violent? Okay, all right. I taught martial arts for many, many years and all that, and you would not believe the number of people who were so good at presenting. Does that make sense? They knew the moves, they looked good, but when it came down to actual getting something done, sometimes it wasn't very good. Does that make sense? Because they were more about showing than being in real life. And Conflict and physical stuff, whatever. I've been comfortable in that arena for many years. This, 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 whatever, right? Because uh, it's probably raising it. But I'm telling you, you'll be surprised. Christians who talk so much, who seem so good that when it comes time to deal with demonic, they simply don't have the wherewithal. I never forget. I was in another place, and a pastor called me and said, "Man, can you pray for my brother?" He is having strong, horrible, demonic stuff. Their house is haunted. He, you know, it's all kind of, I was like, well, you go pray for him. He's like, no, that really, it's not working. I was like, ugh. I was like, so, I said, all right. I called some other Christian friends. I was like, hey, so this bizarre demonic activity happening, and let's go get some, man. Let's just, let's just take it to the end. And they're like, oh, wow, that, yeah. Hey, I'm studying. I'm like, well, well, good, stop. Come on out with me. Let's go, okay, let's go engage. Let's have contact, you know. There's bad stuff happening. Let's go after, if God's calling us and he's, well, it really was a learning experience for me. But I'd learned early on, it has nothing to do with me because people call me and I'd go, ain't got nothing to do with the black belt. I mean, I mean I'm kind of crazy with a K, but I know who I stand in, that's it. I'm not a spiritual giant. I just know where my source is. So, all right. I went out there, that guy, whoa, it was really heavy stuff. He's like, hey, hey. Okay, so I'll tell you, you'll know what I'm talking I was, on, I was on the islands, right? Because we lived there. He's like, hey, bro, so glad you're here. And the stuff is going to happen everywhere. I said, all right. And nobody went with me. So I was like, whoa, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, the, the, I called the police. They come, 
Because I said, when, and there was a tiki god, an idol he had, and his stuff started getting weird when he brought that in. So called the police because his refrigerator was moving and all kind of effort, right? So the police put it in their car, the back seat. They came, opened the back seat. They laid in, kept the door open. They walked in and said, all right, we'll, we'll take it, you know, make sure you ain't doing drugs. And they went to go back to the car. The thing that levitated out was on the ground. The police go, oh, bro, this ain't our deal. This ain't our deal. You called a priest. You called a priest. The guy, the guy was having weird manifestations of illnesses and crazy things where swords would pop open and literal butt flies and stuff would come out. He goes to the ER. I know the hospital. He goes to the ER. They, they, you know, he's like, oh, I got stores and something. And you can explain it any way you want. Larva, whatever. Go ahead. I don't care. None of this stuff. I don't try to convince anybody. Does that make sense? I'm just telling you what I've seen. And this guy, the police, the, the ER doc, they, you know, they said, stuff came out of him. And they're like, okay, this is not a medical emergency. This is a spiritual one. And they actually told him they, there was a prayer house where people would pray for people with demonic stuff. They understood. This is outside of our area of comfort. So he did all that, and then here it's me now. I'm like, well, <laughs> sometimes I think I'm too dumb to, to have the right sense to be intimidated. And I'm like, okay, so you got all this demon stuff. I said, before I pray, is there, and I looked at his girlfriend, I said, do you live here? She said, yeah. I said, are y'all sleeping together? Yeah. I said, okay, well, you got to kind of repent of sin first. That's kind of the first thing. Demons like sin. They kind of swarm around it. That's like chum in the water. Demons like sin. It's permission. Does that make sense? It's permission to come and mess with you. So they repented, and I said, no. Okay, you got to get married. He goes, well, we really want to. We just didn't have the money for a marriage certificate. He was poor. I gave him $35 cash. I said, you go... I said, do you have anything in this house that really would be considered ungodly and evil? He goes, mm. I said, well, just ask the Lord. Let's just pray. And he goes, oh, yeah, I know. I said, what? He goes over to the hall closet, opens the door. It was back when it was VHS. Rows of pornography videos. I was like, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem right there. I said, we got to get rid of those. Get rid of them. And then we cleaned up and confessed and all that. I said, all right, I'll pray for you. So this was, you know, I, I prayed for them. I didn't want to touch them. I don't like touching people. So don't, you know, it's like lay hands. I'll let somebody else do it. And I don't close my eyes. God bless you. I just keep my eyes open. And I prayed for this guy. And I'm telling you, it's just I'm standing here, this gel. It was a thick, gooey gel rolls off of his body onto the ground and he steps out of it. He goes, bro, I told you. There it is right there. That's it. I said, wow, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I don't do cleanup. I just prayed. <laughs> you can call someone and mess with that. Um, guy was free. It was demonic in origin. It's assignment, attachment, a stronghold, whatever you want to say. He got free. They got married. Here it is 15 plus years later. They move to a different part of the island, and guess what their ministry is? They pray for people with demonic activity to this day. So you know what? 
God has a will and a way. You just got to be open and honest to go, hmm, is there something in my life or is there something in somebody's life I know that's struggling? If you've been stuck, some of the things you know, and Pastor Steve did an excellent job of entryways of demonic attachments or assignments or whatever, but it, you come to a place where, why don't you just pray and ask the Lord, dude, is there some type of demonic assignment against me? And this is where I'll end it. I don't know how I got there. I've read about every book on demonization and spiritual warfare. I grabbed a few here. Anderson, Warren Winsby, J. Vernon McGee, Mark Brubeck, John MacArthur Jr. I've read everything from the oldest saints to modern. And there's a lot of craziness. There's a lot of stuff I don't agree with. But how it's boiled down for me, very simply, I will share with you. You can do what you want with it. Do what you want. I don't care. But when I pray for someone, I just simply am trying to find out, is there an assignment of a demonic entity, spirit, whatever, on them? This is how I pray. I have a person, I really require like paper and a pencil so you can write this stuff down. I say this, I do a little prayer and then I say, all right, I'm gonna, we're gonna enter this different realm by faith and we're gonna find out if there's any specific demonic activity assigned to you. Do you wanna do that? And if there is, we'll, we'll get rid of it. They're like, yeah, okay. So that's the first thing I do. Pray, and then, by the authority and the power of Christ, we draw a little spiritual circle, right? Two warring angels. We command any demonic activity that's been assigned to a person to step into that circle of judgment. Bow his head in shame. And then we command him, by what name do you go by? And I tell the demon, you're not to use this person's voice you're not to hurt them, afflict them, anything. You're just going to communicate to their mind the answers to the questions I'm asking you in the authority of Christ. That's it. Now, this is where people get freaked out. They're like, but uh, no, uh, I don't like that. I don't like the idea of a demon speaking to my mind. <laughs> and I'm all, well, they've been speaking to your mind lots. <laughs> I'll prove my point. How many of you, from a fleshly level, know you've thought bad thoughts, just your own self? I hate, I'm not lust. You know, it's you. How many of you have had thoughts that you know, not your style, not your thing, wicked, debauchery, whatever it is, I don't think killing everybody in the world is really God's plan for me? How many of you have had thoughts that you know do not originate from your own mind and flesh? When you get those thoughts, is it out here Traveling through the sound wave and then into your inner ear canal and then process through your mind, is that the way it happens like that? Or can you just be sitting quiet, laying, whatever, earphone, and all of a sudden you hear it in your mind? How many hear it in your mind? <laughs> all right, so I don't understand that realm. Anybody who can give you the list that they do, all right, great. Woo. I'll, I'm not going to tie it to your ministry. So here's the deal. There's a mystery in it all. It's a different realm. But I kind of look at it as your soul. Your soul. Your mind, will, and your emotions. That's where we live our life out. Your spirit is sealed by the power of God, untouchable. Boom, it's kind of like Iron Man. You know that thing? That's the God's spirit in you. That cannot be touched. But your soul is where you're being sanctified, where you're having to, right, live it all out. I think that's where the enemy is able to shoot the fiery darts. Fiery darts are going to influence you cause you to stumble, tempt you, right? So boom, boom. That's the realm that we enter by faith. So I, I, well, I asked 
demon, by what name do you go by? And then the person would sit there and I go, don't process it, just repeat what you hear because that little dude's on trial. I'm interrogating him by the authority and power of Christ. What do you hear? And you hear everything. Oh my gosh. And I've prayed with people from all over the world and it's pretty radical. I've prayed with people who have no knowledge of the Bible or anything and boom, I've prayed with little kids who instantly speak out, boom, what they hear. And I go, okay. And I've heard ancient names. I've heard, you know, cooking names. I, I mean, you hear it. And we go, okay, that's the name you chose. You know, Caitlin. No, and it's like, uh, <laughs> that joke, that joke. Joke. You think I have poor taste up here? Follow me on Facebook. Wow. Does anybody follow me on Facebook in here? Whoa, okay. Man, I get hammered sometimes, right? <laughs> but we reach people. We reach people. Man, the last month, I've had Satanists attack my page. Major. I mean, major good old devil worshipers. And you know what? I'm like, wow, wow. Why are you angry? And uh, I've had atheists. Boom, boom, boom. I've had extremists. <laughs> and you know what? They all fall into one category. Darkness. Evil. You can say what you want. I'm just bringing the sun to light. And when they come at me through social media, we crossed 11 million, 11 million people were impacted in one week through just Facebook. I'm not worried. Other Christians are like, delete them. Yeah. I go, oh, let's engage them. One guy, he was so just hating and running. I was like, hey, man, I went to your page. Seemed like a pretty smart atheist because he was. I'm like, hey, you're a chess guy. I'm checkers. You win. Or when someone, you know, you know, does something aggressive on my page and it's actually true against Christians, I just, I told God, I said, point goes to you. And they're like, oh. one of those guys who was so aggressive and hating and uh, by the end of this long thread, he goes, uh, we certainly don't agree on everything, but man, I appreciate how you at least civilly communicate. And, don't, and uh, he goes, uh, I like some of the work you do with helping kids. Uh, where can I make a donation? Honest, true story, last week. I was like, sign up for the monthly. <laughs> so, boom, boom, boom. And how I'm telling you is just, it's, I've derived this, it works for me. Let God do something else for you. I've seen people get set free from assignments by you just pray for them. In the name of Jesus, command off, boom, gone. So, I ask the demon, tell me their name, find them by the name. Then I say, when did you come? When were you assigned? They typically will tell you when, three years ago, when the person was seven, you know, at 40, trauma happened, abuse, whatever, there's a, there's a boom. I go, okay, now tell us, what are the three main lies that have worked against your subject? And the demon will clearly say, they're a loser. God doesn't love them. They can't stop committing adultery. The list, right? And it's just whatever, whatever, whatever. But the lies are those darts that influence a person to the point of when you believe on it, then you act on it, and then you become it. You live according to the labels of those lies that demons have told you. You'll never. How many of you don't even think about yourself, but how many of you know people that go, oh my gosh, if you just didn't, if you just believed who you really are, you. Your life wouldn't be so jacked up. Raise your hand. It's just lies, right? 
And, uh, and then I say, okay, what was your purpose for coming? Why were you assigned to them? What's the end goal? Kill them, destroy them, destroy the marriage. Uh, but whatever, whatever. And then I say, do you have a legal right to stay? And that's when I always kind of, I mean, I, I pray with people, and seriously, I'm checking my Facebook. I'm like, no offense, it's just it's not that exciting. Just let's have somebody write down. It, it really, and it's not that I'm arrogant or whatever. I just, I just know what the Lord's doing, right? So I don't have to be so intense or worried. And then, when it, do you have a legal right to stay? You'd be surprised on how many people demonic forces say yes. I go, okay, why? Tell us why. And they hate telling it. But I'll look at the person, I'll go, I bet you're going to know. Uh, well, let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you just reveal this person? Because the Holy Spirit, oh, he's going to write. And then boom. And it's typically bitterness, hate, lust, lie, whatever it is that the person's not willing to release. And I go, you need to repent. Or that demon's going to stay with you and hassle you. And I'm not saying the demon's in you doing this. It's not, it's not like that. The demon doesn't have to. It, he can just travel around on a tricycle. Everywhere you go, and with a megaphone, you're a loser. Your, your wife doesn't love you. You can't keep a job. You need that heroin. As long as you yourself go, that's true. The demonic is winning. Does that make sense? And then, uh, so the people repent or not. I've had plenty of people. And I forget one girl, amazing, beautiful young lady, kids, everything, my wife, and we were praying for her, actually in a hotel room. She met us. Oh, my gosh, just a oh, horrible life. Got to that point of, would you legal right? Oh, actually, it was in the name of Jesus, you need to go. Demon said, no, I don't. I was like, what did you say? I don't have to, I'm not done with her. I said, you have a legal right? And he says, ask her. So I was like, you heard him, it came out your mouth. She goes, let me just go smoke one more time. Ice, crack, let me just go smoke one more time. And then, you just heard this demon, his plan, his strategy, his device to destroy you, and you wanna, huh. She goes, well, pray God's protection over me. I'm like, uh-uh. You're, you're kicking the grace of God away. I said, you go out that door. She left. It happens. And then sometimes I'll ask the demon this. Tell us what's the one truth you do not want your subject to know. And honestly, that's the hardest one to get out of demons typically because they hate a Christian to know the truth about how God loves them, cares for them, has a purpose, and then they have to say it, and the person typically will just, sometimes people get emotional, it's like, oh my gosh, do you mean that? Yeah. And then I just go, well, okay. And I ask the person, last thing I ask the person, do you want the demon to go? I'm like, yeah. Uh, okay, I just ask, I mean, <laughs> And, uh, so let's pray. We command the demon to go to the footstool of Jesus, typically, and be judged. And the person gets free. And I just say, Lord, now you have more room in their heart and soul for your spirit to come in, soak them, cleanse them, expand their ability to know you, because that's the payday. Knowing God in a greater way. That level of intimacy is much better than anything else. And, uh, 
And guess what happens in the people's lives typically? Things are so good. Things get so much better. It's not the end all, but it sure makes running the race a lot easier without a bunch of weighted backpack. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, that's pretty much it. Sorry. Not that exciting. It wasn't scary. Boo. But it works. And uh, don't call me for prayer. I'm serious. I'm totally serious. God bless y'all. No. You learn how to do it. You can do it yourself. Call the pastors. You know, whatever. It's, uh, I travel around the country and around the world. It's not that big of a deal. A few steps. Boom, boom, boom. Take your authority. That's the main thing. Know your authority. If you don't believe in your authority, you're not going to win. You've been listening to The Road with our special guest speaker, Victor Marks. We pray that you've been blessed by the message today. Our hope is to make wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's why we teach the Word of God verse by verse, scripture by scripture, and precept upon precept. We're excited about all the things God is doing in the lives of our faithful listeners. We understand that there are many trials and tribulations in this world, and we'd love to be able to pray for you as you encounter difficult times. Please drop us a note and let us know how we can pray for you. Write us at The Road, P.O. Box 88485, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80908. If you've been blessed by this message, please let us know as well. Again, the address is The Road, P.O. Box 88485, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80908. If you're in the area, please stop on by and join us at The Road for our Saturday night service at 6 p.m. We meet at Chapel Hills Church, located at 2025 Parliament Drive, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80920. In addition, you can find out more about The Road by going to our website at theroadcs.org. That's theroadcs.org. Make sure you follow us on Facebook as well. That's facebook.com slash theroadcs. If you tweet, you can join the conversation with us at Road Companions. As always, we covet your prayers. Thanks again for tuning in today. And be sure to catch us again next time for another edition of The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt.